The day has come. It is time to talk secret invasion. It is a week to week show that I'll be covering on Disney Plus. You don't have to read the comics to follow along with it. It is a great spy thriller, espionage. If you're into like the Bond movies, if you love Captain America Winter Soldier, this is the show for you. Jump in on it. Our guy Samuel L. Jackson, aka Nick Fury, he leads the way. We're gonna get some Daenerys Stormborn in there. We're gonna get some uh some Ken from Barbie in there. We're gonna get some, you know, a little piece of scroll in there. We'll get some uh Don Chi in there we could get all of the people okay y'all need to tune into this show i will be talking about it for the next five weeks and i am very 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 excited for it because this is the marvel content that i have had high up on my anticipation rankings okay so i am ready to talk about the things but first drop down to the bottom of your screen or the top if you're on spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review you know, we love those. It's your new episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick. But most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you want some hilarious insight on the Marvel Cinematic Universe or HBO's White Lotus or Euphoria. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Y'all just don't know how good it feels to be back in the chair recording about Marvel. It has been what I feel like is so long. I don't even know when the last show we covered was. Was it She-Hulk? Maybe it was She-Hulk. I don't know, but I feel like we haven't gotten a Disney Plus show since then. And so I've been like dying. Those of y'all that have been listening to me from day one, y'all know week to week I cover Marvel shows. So I did WandaVision. I talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier every single week. Loki. Damn it, I talked I. I didn't get to talk about Hawkeye because I was, you know, otherwise in the hospital <laughs> during that whole run. Child had to come out and, uh, you know, catch, binge the whole thing. No, don't worry about me, Savannah. I'm okay. Uh, I, Moon Knight, you know, Miss Marvel, I talk about it all, okay? I talk about it all. But it has been so long that I barely get to, like, talk about Marvel stuff. I have to, like, you know, find other ways, talk about casting rumors, talk about the movies that come out, all this kind of stuff. But I finally get to talk, at least for the next, you know, this and then five more weeks after this, I get to talk about Secret Invasion. And I have told you guys, Secret Invasion is, I don't know if it's the, but it's definitely one of my favorite, absolute favorite comic book events. So I told y'all, comic book event, you know, that's when like lots of different comics cross over, wham, 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 flip, flip. Y'all remember when uh, Chris Cross used to wear that shit backwards? It's like that. But it's a lot of different people. It'd be like in Vogue, Destiny's Child, and uh, Kid and Play all wore their stuff backwards too. I don't know what kind of reference that is, but y'all don't mind me. Look, I'm excited to be back. I'm ready to talk Marvel. I'm ready to get into, you know, the comics of it all, the show of it all. Y'all know I love to just talk about this stuff. 
from a film perspective, you know, a, a TV consumption perspective, but I love to sprinkle in the comic nuances to it too. So I, I, I'm excited. We're back, y'all. I'm not going to talk about really anything else on these episodes. I'm just going to talk, you know, for the next, you know, five weeks. I'll be talking about Secret Invasion on its own episode. Now, look, when I took the notes, because that, that was a healthy episode, okay? That episode, uh, including the credits, was 55 minutes, almost an hour, a solid hour of content. So once you take out the titles, that's damn near 50 minutes of just straight content. So, I don't know how long this episode going to be, but my notes are a little packed. So, you know what, damn it, at this point, let's just get into it. We get a very subdued version of the opening credits that I always obsess over. Y'all know me by now. Y'all know when those opening credits come on, I love to look and see how they change. You know, I like to see, ooh, okay, Miss Marvel's been out. Let me see where she is. Okay, there she is. Oh, where's Moon Knight? He's one of our new heroes. He got to be in there. Okay, there go Moon Knight. There go Oscar Isaac. Fan ass. You know, we got to find all these people. So I'm a little upset I couldn't do that because they, they played a very quick subdued version but that's okay lame but you know it's in keeping with the tone of the show so i'm not too mad we kicked the episode off with we you know it's kind of that clip that we saw on marvel's website that they used to kind of promote the show where it's moscow present day and agent ross has like gotten summoned somewhere turns out it's a guy named prescott not prescott like Dak. okay shout out to all my dallas cowboys fans He's pitching his conspiracy theories to Ross about how so many terrorist attacks across the world are being caused by one group and one group only. And guess who he says it is? The Scrolls. Yes. People that we've trusted forever are someone entirely different, child. Our favorite colonizer, Agent Ross, is like, boy, shut the fuck up. Like, what the fuck are we talking about right now? Prescott then references, like, basically the movie Captain Marvel, and he says all this started 30 years ago. Remember, the movie took place, I think it starts in, well, it goes back and forth between 1995 and 1989, the year I was born, yes, because, you know, Carol Danvers had to be, you know, blown up and stuff, then she was taken, then she comes back to Earth on 1995, y'all know how it is, and then uh, how Fury and Nick, basically, Fury and Nick, no, Fury and Carol, promised to find them a home. You know, that's how the movie ended, a new planet. Child, them people came to collect, okay? They said, I know y'all fucking lying. They like them people that, you know the people that wait for you to go to work and then they start living in your damn attic for weeks at a time? Look, the scroll said, if you can't find us a new home, we'll just keep this one. How about that? We learned that Fury is, you know, he's still up there on Saber, like he was in WandaVision and in Spider-Man Far From Home. Remember, in that movie, Talos came down here to Earth and he was acting like Fury while he was up there getting his shit together, okay? Probably with Abigail Brand, little green-haired ass. I can't stand little motherfucker. But that's a story for another day, okay? Abigail ain't got nothing to do with this. Let me not slander her. Y'all ain't even met Abigail yet, but I'm sure she'll, her ass gonna pop up at some point. Look, Ross says, you know what? I'm your boy. I'll take all this information to Fury and things gonna be Gucci. Just like Sheree says. Sheree says she wants things to be Gucci on the Atlanta Housewives, okay? Prescott like, okay, okay, bet, bet, yeah, and he tried to kill Agent Ross, but he got killed himself. You know what? You're not very good at killing people, my guy. Ross leaves, and he contacts Maria Hill for an extraction. She tells him exactly where to go, but child, somebody is chasing his ass down. 
Ross ass was running and got hit by two damn cars like he was Paxton Yoshida Hall. Shout out to all my Never Have I Ever fans out there. No more swimming for you, bitch. How about that? An epic car chase, or not car chase, this is a foot chase, ensues that culminates in Agent Ross jumping from one building to another one, but he missed, child. We learned that it was Talos all along chasing that man. He goes back to his Ben Mendelsohn form, <laughs> which I guess he loves, child. I don't know. He must think that's a sexy-ass costume. I don't know. But he goes back to that one. But wait, y'all. <gasps> y'all on the same side, right? Child, we see that Agent Ross is a scroll. The question at this point that we have, okay, the question y'all always need to be asking while you're watching this show. Who can we trust? Just like that's the tagline in the comics too. Who do we trust? Who do we trust? Who can we trust? Who can we trust? We didn't know if we could trust heroes, politicians, doctors, lawyers, nobody. We can trust no damn body. And we don't even know if we can trust Agent Ross, our favorite colonizer. We don't know. All we know right now is that that one is a scroll and we might be screwed. Now we get the official opening for the show. I learned actually like after I watched the episode because I actually uh, my sleep schedule this past 24 hours has been so off. I actually watched this at like what three in the morning I think three thirty in the morning to four thirty in the morning something like that. But somewhere that uh, like while I was actually at work today, I learned that the opening was actually created by AI, like not by like an actual human hand. Which seems very appropriate for this show. Look, I know we're not supposed to be fucking with AI. I get it. It's putting people out of jobs. I know that's one of the reasons for the whole writer strike right now. But for this show, it feels really appropriate, doesn't it? Because had they not told us, I would have been like, wow, this is some brilliant artwork. Somebody on the staff, you know, they ate down. They ate the girls up. Whoever did it got ate up. You know, that kind of stuff. But, like, you know, we don't know when the scrolls are humans. We don't know when they scrolls or just real people. We don't know none of this. So, it feels like AI being the backbone of, like, the artwork on this opening credits, it seems appropriate to me. I don't know. Sorry. I, I just feel that way. Back to the show. We see Nick Fury returning to Earth from Saber. By the way, for those of y'all that don't remember or don't know from the comics, Saber is basically, like, the shield home space in space, which I know is weird to say. But remember, we learned about S.W.O.R.D. in WandaVision. That's where uh, Monica Rambeau works for. This is their headquarters. It's a huge space station where Fury is still on his bullshit, and we love it, okay? Maria Hill comes to pick Fury up in the middle of the woods, and she takes him back to the safe house where Talos is already there. We learn that Talos' wife, Soren, who we last saw... You know, we met her in Captain Marvel, but we last saw her in Spider-Man Far From Home. Remember at the end of the movie, uh, they were impersonating, I think, Heel and uh, Fury, if I'm not mistaken. But she, child, she dead, child. We we got a lot of funerals to plan after this episode. This is a lot. We go, we go plan them funerals, okay? Because let me tell you something. I don't eat everybody potato salad. So some of y'all can some of y'all bring the, the sodas with the caps turn on real tight, okay? I want all the fizz in there. I don't even drink sodas. I'm gonna get some water over here. You bring the waters too, goddamn. Bring the Coca-Colas. Bring some Dr. Pepper, because you know everybody don't like Coca-Colas too strong sometimes, and we'll use the root, the root beer or the, the Dr. Pepper for some floats. And then bring like some Sprites. You know, people like a little lime in their mouth and stuff like that. And then bring a couple cases of bottled water. I don't need you nowhere with them raisins near the potato salad. I'm just saying. Anyway, that's funeral talk. We'll get to the funeral later on, okay? Woo! But 
like I said, she did. <laughs> this will be important to remember, though, mostly because Amelia Clark, a.k.a. Daenerys Stormborn, a.k.a. Mother of Dragons, a.k.a. Breaker of Chains, a.k.a. Force of Her Name, that's her character on the show, okay? It's going to be very important to her. Talos starts talking about how Fury has been different ever since the blip. That's not going to be the first or last time we hear about that on this show, okay? So kind of keep that out because I think that's very, very, very important to Fury's character development. He disappeared when he came back. He says that Carol Danvers disappeared. Look, Carol Danvers be busy, okay? But it's important because, you know, a lot of people seem to have beef with Carol. Because remember, we still don't know why Monica Rambo don't fuck with Carol like that. But we're just assuming. Now, this is just assumption. You know, what just say about assumptions. You know, you make an ass out of yourself. But we just assuming that it's because maybe she wasn't there for her mom, Maria Rambo, when she was dying. Remember, in WandaVision, we learned her mama had cancer. And when Monica came back from the blip... She was dead. So maybe she learned some information during that time. And I don't know. That's all I can guess, okay? But we'll find out later on in November when the Marvels comes out, okay? Basically, Talos is uh, saying how they didn't keep up their promises. And basically, that's what's kind of caused all of this. He also mentioned that Gaia, his daughter, a.k.a. Daenerys Stormborn, a.k.a. Okay, let me stop. <laughs> Disappeared too. But we'll see them reunite in this episode. So don't y'all fret about that too long. Talos was pushed off with a council, and this is when we get to learn about a character named Gravik. Gravik apparently took the abandonment, like, really personally. I'm talking about, like, really hard, like a stepchild that was abandoned for another time. You know, like, he took it real hard, okay? Gravik is actually, like, the newest member of this council, the Scroll Council, that Talos keeps mentioning. We learn that the scrolls, or at least the ones, you know, trying to take over the world, are all in Russia, hiding out in nuclear plants. Like, you know, that's like their, that's their, that's their haven, okay? All the, the radioactive areas because they're immune to radioactivity. Child, the Chernobyl of it all. Now, that would that would have been a good Chernobyl spinoff, okay? The, listen, Chernobyl is one of my favorite limited series on HBO. If you ain't never seen it, watch it. It's pure amazingness. You love, you some great, you know, that kind of TV. That ain't for everybody, okay? So don't y'all come cussing me out. But it's amazing television. And I feel like that would have been a great spinoff to get Gravik and uh, Gaia and the rest of the Scrolls fighting for their life, even though they... You know, radioactivity ain't shit to them. I'm getting off topic. You know what? Let me get back to the to the subject at hand, okay? They know we, you know, uh, Nick, uh, Maria, and, ooh, that was his name, uh, Talos. They know little about his plans. But this is when we learned that Agent Ross, the one that was killed, was indeed an imposter. And that the imposter is how they learned about some stuff that, you know, graphic got going on. Or so we're to believe, okay? Hmm. I'm not so sure. Look. I told y'all, if you listen to a couple episodes back when I was talking about Secret Invasion and getting y'all ready, you know I feel that Agent Ross has been a scroll for a long time. Now, keep in mind, the last time that we, the MCU audience, has seen Agent Ross was in Wakanda forever. At the end of the movie, Okoye in that Midnight Angel suit, she went and rescued him from the back of that truck. And so ain't no telling where she took him, okay? She took his ass to Wakanda probably to hide out somewhere. I don't know, but he in there somewhere. So maybe he ain't been a scroll the whole time, but I don't know. I just kind of feel like he is. He need to pop up in this show again and we can, I need some definitive answers. But I also feel like, you know, I feel like the scrolls can't outsmart everybody, but I don't know. I feel like it's going to be hard to outsmart the Wakandans. That's just, that's just how I feel, child. I don't know. But apparently, anyway, moving on. <laughs> apparently there's a new radical group called the AAR, Americans Against Russians. 
that's their way of like starting a war between the U.S. and Russia. Man, I love a good spy grill. I don't know what it is. A good spy thriller is always going to be okay with me, okay? Nick Fury can't process the information that he's receiving. So he says, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk, okay? I'm going to just go around. I know I'm black. I know I got this turtleneck on. I know I got one good eye. But I'm going to go for a walk anyway. I got this beard. You know, I'm, I'm going to go for a walk. This is when we cut to James Rhodes, a.k.a. Rhodey, a.k.a. War Machine. Y'all know who we're talking about. Shout out to uh my guy, Don Cheadle. Uh, I don't know what his military role is. They'll define it at some point. I was saying Secretary of State, but I don't think that's correct. I think Secretary of State is the one from Wanda, uh, not WandaVision, uh, Wakanda Forever, that was representing the Americans when the French, you know, had tried to bust into one of those Wakandan states. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll find out at some point, but I'm not going to put a, a label on him right now. We just go call him Miss Political Girl. Let's go call him for right now. Uh, Rody, a.k.a. Miss Political Girl, okay? <laughs> he in charge of the political girls, okay? He's briefing the president that Fury has actually left Saber. All they know is that he's in contact with Maria Hill. He sent her some kind of message, but they can't decipher any of the messages. So look, we know, uh, you know, you know, Fury and Hill, they got them some secrets between them. So they ain't gonna never decipher that shit, but I'm, I'm glad they got it. Okay. On Fury's walk, can't the, like the camera pans to a woman who's like very noticeable. She's kissing a boyfriend, all this kind of stuff. But you actually need to remember her because you'll see her later again in the episode. Then there's a kid like bouncing a very bright ball. The mom comes and gets her. But we'll see her later in the episode too. And then he gets snatched by my girl, Olivia Coleman. Listen, y'all know I love me some. If Regina King is my queen, Olivia Coleman is my white queen, okay? <laughs> She's playing Sonya Fowlsworth. She's an MI6. Y'all y'all should know that from all the movies by now. An MI6, like, higher up and an old friend of Nick Fury. But this was makes me wonder. This is kind of exciting for me. I wonder if us getting, like, an MI6 operative, it makes me wonder if we're going to get Captain Britain in this show at some point. I don't know. I don't think this show is going to lean into the superhero aspect of a lot of stuff. I think this is supposed to be one of our more grounded series. But I wouldn't be surprised if Captain Britain showed up. That's my guy. Now, look. I said that's my guy. His comic's kind of boring as fuck. But he's still a cool character, okay? I don't I don't hold that against him. Anyway, that'd be a good surprise. Anyway. Now, while she's distracted, Fury actually activates a listening device. Like she has like this like owl that he puts something on and you know, it's like a you know, a sculpture owl. He puts something on there in one of the eyes and now he can hear all the conversations later on. But you know, uh she asks him what he's doing in Moscow and he basically says he's trying to stop the scroll rebellion. She pus pushes him for more information, but he's not sharing too much information with her. He's like, look, you know, we cool and all, girl, but, like, don't try your luck. So then he starts asking her questions, mostly about some, like, the contents of a warehouse in Kazakhstan. They were stolen, and this is, like, a, a big hot-button issue. I don't know. But now she's lost faith in him because, remember, Nick Fury is always 10 steps ahead. This Nick Fury, though, I don't know what's going on. She said... This is kind of the big implication that we keep coming across again and again and again in the episode. She says that, just like Talos said, the blip has changed him. He really wants to work with her, but she's like, look, I don't see no benefit. You just an old raggedy ass. 
uh, big stomach, big turtleneck, <laughs> scratched up ass old man. I don't know what the hell. Why would I work with you? What you got to offer me? She ain't say all that, but I read between the lines. Look, Olivia Coleman was Queen Elizabeth, okay? So she ain't got time for no black people foolishness or black people in general. Anyway, we cut away to another part of Moscow where we see a scroll in human form. He's shown up like this scroll safe haven. I think it's scroll. What is it? Uh, oh, what's the name in the comics? I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the name that she said on here is the same that it is in the comic book. I think scroll. What is it? Scroll. It's not scrollopolis. It's something stupid like that though, but I'll child. I'll say it on the next episode. But uh, he says the password that they look for. He shows his quote-unquote natural form. You nasty. And then Gaia, Talos' daughter, we finally see her. Amelia Clark, y'all know my girl. She uh, lets him in. They talk and, you know, she's driving him down to the road to, uh, you know, go to the safe haven, introduce him to the girls, you know. She even gives him, like, this scroll produce, like, from the glove compartment. Child, he ain't seen her. He been, look, he been around here being forced to eat up. Uh, <laughs> He been out here being forced to eat all this nasty ass shit y'all got. Y'all got this man eating McDonald's and he just wants some damn uh, scroll eggplant. That's all he want. Baby, let me tell you something. He, he fucked that scroll produce up, okay? He acted like she gave him an oxtail that had been stewing for five hours and some gravy with rice and plantains and some potatoes and carrots on the and it was it look he was fucking that shit up and i you know what i can relate as hungry as i be after a, a day at work i come home i be hungry as hell too so i get it sis eat eat, eat that produce okay eat that produce who if you're just a regular ass scroll then you know we she uh sets them up here but this is when we get to learn like a little more about how things operate here if you're a regular-ass scroll, then you get to stay, you know, like, within the compound. But if you're a warrior, then you get to leave sometimes. You know, you get to go on operation sometime. Look, leaving is overrated. Show me to the couch, sis, okay? Show me where the TV, where the Roku stick at, bitch, okay? Show me. I'm trying to watch Judge Judy on freebie, okay? That's all I'm trying to do. Gaia walks behind some big doors, and we see, like, the scroll technology being used. And it actually looks just like that technology. Now, keep in mind, remember here, remember, remember, remember. And Captain Marvel, right after they had taken her, you know, they went on a mission in the beginning of the movie, and the scrolls took her. They hooked her up to this machine. I think she was, she wasn't upside down, was she? No, she wasn't upside down. Uh, was she upside down? I can't remember, but they had this, like, thing, like, uh, beaming in her mind, like, reading her recent thoughts and that kind of stuff. It, the technology they're using here in this episode looks exactly like that and it's looking at memories too so i'm guessing like now they've upgraded the technology to where they can look at it like someone's lifelong memories i don't know you know the scrolls we know can only think of recent stuff that's how we kind of gotcha bitch a lot of the time but who i don't know maybe they they getting better okay this is when we actually get to see like a scroll taking over a shell as they call it you know just somebody's body basically so they shape-shift into the person. Then the person is hooked up to the machine. You know, they put them up in there. And then they take their mind. They take their hands and... Do -do 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 and they do a whole little thing chat it's wild okay but we we've seen something similar before but we listen these some must be some super super scrolls or something we'll get to that at some point but he, they, these people are some i don't know what's going on but i'm i'm ready to see it progress okay 
back at the safe house, Fury, Maria Hill, and Talos, they're all using that device that they plan at Sonya's office to listen to a conversation that she's having with another, like, Russian official. They start formulating a plan of attack. With, you know, they're going to uh, find some MI6 operatives. They're going to knock their ass out so they can not only stop Gravik, but they can beat Sonya to the punch because, listen, Sonya burned the whole earth down trying to prevent this damn squirrel attack. And Nick Fury know her well. He like, I, I sis, ah, ah, we got to stop that. We cut over to the squirrel compound again where Pagan, who he's the guy that Amelia Clark, a.k.a. Uh, Gaia, just met inside those doors where they were, you know, stealing people's memories. But uh, he goes to meet Gravik. I'm assuming that he's Gravik's like number two. These scrolls, listen, these scrolls are militant and terroristic in their thinking and everything is all about having a home, okay? They have a conversation and Pagan leaves and he tells Gaia to follow, uh, what do you say? He follow him to the car. He puts her in the car with like two bags of money and he gives her instruction. He's like, okay, take the cash to this address. Only give it to the one person who is obviously a squirrel in disguise too. But then get the two bags that he give you and you take them to this other place undisturbed and intact. Child, my good Denise, my good niece Daenerys, she, ooh, Denise, I know that's right, Denise. My good niece Daenerys leaves and Fury Hill and Talos say, look, they out here in these Russian streets, me, okay? Talos and Fury go up to stop this, but on the way, I love that he makes a joke about, like, having this midlife crisis shopping spree, and then he asks Fury what he got for his. He said, the Avengers, okay? Period, pooh. Period, poo, okay? I know that's right. Nick got bored. He formed the Avengers and the Our Lives Changed Forever. I know that's right. He didn't get no black ones, but that's okay. You know, we a little close to Juneteenth, but that's okay. You know, we, we will let him slide. He black enough, I guess. He wasn't doing no fighting, but that's okay. They confront the man that Gaia delivered the money to while Maria Hill actually follows Gaia on foot. They're threatening the man, and this man is lying his ass off, acting like he Ralph Pittman or Martell Holt or any of the men on Love Island, UK, okay? That goddamn Zach and Tyreek. Anyway, they tell this man, everybody gets one lie, nobody gets two. That's my new favorite thing. I'm going to tell my employees at work that everybody gets one, nobody gets two, okay? They give him one more chance to tell the truth, who are you going to meet, all this kind of stuff. He refuses, and Talos starts lightweight, and boy, do I mean lightweight, whooping that ass before that man overpowers him and beats the brakes off his ass. Talos, <laughs> what did Quad tell Lisa Marie Cloud Noggles after she had asked about her lesbian relationship? You out of your league, baby. Talos was out of his league, hand me, okay? Child, he's getting his ass whooped so bad that Nick Fury ends up standing up and shooting the damn scroll instead. That pissed Talos off because he needed to prove that he wasn't an old bitch. But I guess we'll never know now, will we? We follow Marie Hill. She's following Gaia everywhere, child. Why do I keep saying Marie here? I don't know. I, for some reason, Maria here. I mean, I, I cannot, like, call her by one of her names. I either say Hill or Maria. I cannot just, I don't know. I can't do that. I always have to say Maria Hill. Anyway, she uh <laughs> she follows her into a dark tunnel, and then she ends up getting her ass whooped. Talos catches up. Maria points him in the right direction, and Talos threatens to shoot her until she actually reveals it's his daughter. Whoopsie. This is when Talo drops the bomb on her that her mama is dead. She didn't know. How the hell you don't know your own mama dead? You a raggedy ass daughter. I know if you, listen, if there are any children listening to this, <laughs> 
call your mama, okay? Call your mammy, all right? And look, I know all of us are children at some point. All of us are children, technically, because we all had to be born somehow. But, you know, I, I know some of y'all don't identify as children. Maybe you identify as a fruit plant. I don't know. But, damn it, you got a bigger plant. You were some seeds at one point, okay? Call your mama. You never know. She might be dead. Um, He implies that Gravik and those guys are the reason for her death. He keeps on trying to convince her, you know, give me the bomb, give me the bomb. You don't have to do this. You ain't got to do it. Come on to the good side. See the light, Caroline. But she said, ah, ah. she kicked him off that ladder. She climbed up that ladder and she left. Okay. Cut to Fury going into a Russian bar to listen. They don't want his black ass up in there, okay? The bartender can't be bothered with him. It's an old man that got a smart-ass mouth. Well, that mouth smart right until he uh buy him some damn vodka. Then that man want to be his best damn friend. Now, let me clear something up, okay? <laughs> because one part in particular had my group chat on fire this morning, okay? I'm talking about fire. Not even just my group chat because other friends were texting me about this too. When he sits down with Maria Hill in the bar, she said, making friends with the locals. And he replies, how do you think we kept the Cold War from going hot? Spooks like me buying shots. I repeat, spooks like me buying shots. And Maria said, you can't say that. And he said, no, you, <laughs> you can't say that. You, okay? You can't say it. See, this is a double entendre, obviously. Spook in like military terms refers to someone who gathers information, you know, they gather the information, they're in the, the, the information gathering, you know, community, they espionage, if you will, you know what I'm talking about. But as y'all probably know the term, spook is a derogatory term for a black person. It's like calling them a, a nigga, you know, a vine swinger, a jigaboo, porch monkey, moon cricket, all that shit that we used to be called, okay? And still are called, depending on day of the week, okay? Depending on who you ask, okay? I'm just saying. So this is definitely a play on words, unless, you know, anything goes at Marvel. Now, I don't know if that's the case, then let the F-bombs fly and the the hard N-words fly too, I guess. I, sp I don't know, child. I <laughs> Apple go snatch this damn podcast down. <laughs> Maria Hill drills him about why he left Earth. And he said he had a crisis of faith, basically. And that's why he had to come back too, because it followed him. It didn't get any better up there. Plus, he said he owed it to Talos. Child, once again, while they're playing chess, Maria Hill implies that Fury isn't a spry chicken no more. You ain't no spring chicken, boo-boo. You are an age 10. Uh, he implies that he, you know, he's not what he used to be and that he would have been three steps ahead in this chess game. Y'all go fall the fuck off of Nick Fury, okay? That man is doing his best. A single mom who works two jobs. Look, Maria Hill is angry because they were right and, you know, they were right and left hand, so... She was mad about all this, but once again, she says the blip changed him. So we are really getting a lot of blip context. I hope that like we get some footage of like Maria being alive during the blip and like living out her life and doing all this kind of stuff. Cause I'm, we haven't gotten enough footage of like people during the actual blip. We see people come back from the blip. We see, uh, before the blip, we don't get too much stuff during the blip. And I think that's one like glaring hole in the MCU right now. We need more more blippature. We need more blippature, okay? She doesn't think he's ready for the fight and tells him it's okay to step aside. Otherwise, he needs to check his footing. 
This is when we see, you know, a little bit later, Fury is like pondering about the past. He's reliving Thanos' snap over and over and over again. You know, we see him getting ready to press that button to Captain Marvel, all this kind of stuff. So, whoo, I don't know, y'all. We, we, we got a little crisis of identity. I love this kind of shit. So, Nick, I'm here for the ride. Gaia goes back to Pagan and delivers the backpacks, but she tells him that somebody was waiting for her and she couldn't recognize him. Girl, you don't recognize your own pappy? You don't know your pappy, girl? I'll be the Paul. She said they should hold off on the strike, but they said, ah, ah, let's do it now. We cut to some random Russian lady. Child, maybe it was Anna Karenina. I don't know. Maybe it was Anna Karenina. I, I really don't know. She was getting into a cab, but it's actually Talos is the driver. He was disguised too, and it was Gaia as a Russian woman. They finally have it out, talking about, you know, the mother's death and all of that. Listen, Talos ain't no lovey-dovey father, okay? He ain't that kind of person. He said, girl, you killed your mammy and you a raggedy heifer. Now what you gonna do about these bombs, basically? He ain't say that, but, I, you know, I read between the lines. That's y'all kind of lucky to have me, okay? She finally comes around and she tells him about the plan. There will be three different backpacks, all carried by different people all at different parts of the square, you know, at the park, but she'll mark the bags with some infrared spray so that they can tell which ones are actually the bombs. It's now the day of the attack and they've got some couriers locked and loaded, okay? The bags are passed off to each other in the crowd. It's a big, big, big crowd, okay? And it's hard to keep up with them. This is when things get weird. Fury starts seeing that little girl that we saw early in the episode at night with that colorful ball where her mom was like, girl, come back in this goddamn house while I beat your ass. Then we saw she turns into the drunk man from the bar that didn't want nothing to do with him, but then he brought some vodka. He was like, okay, you cool with me, sis. Then into the woman who was staring at him, you know, when she was making out with her boyfriend on that bench. And then finally, the true identity is revealed. It's Gravik, okay? The bags are decoys. Gravik, you know, Nick Fury pulls that gun out. Gravik pulls that trigger out of his bag, out of that coat bag, whatever the hell it is. And boom, boom, boom over there. Boom the buildings. Boom right there. Everything just blowing the hell up. Just as everybody is scrambling and panicking, we see Nick Fury shoot Maria Hill. Child, we don't know what the hell going on. Oh. Is Gravik once again disguises Nick Fury. So Nick Fury did not shoot her. I repeat, he did not shoot Maria Hill, but he did shoot the real one, but it was fake. You know, you, you get the picture. You know what I'm talking about. Child, they had to leave Maria. They couldn't even bring her with her. They had to get out of there as quick as they could. Maria ass just on the ground, just uh leaking, just pushing up daisies, just dead. And now we got to plan a, a funeral for uh, Maria, child. I said we put Maria in a, a double wide casket so she can have some extra room to move around. <laughs> that was stupid. I'm sorry. I need to take that more seriously. Y'all, obviously, this is going to be very different from the comics. So it's not different in the bad one because I, I love, love, love this genre. I love the spy thriller espionage. I love that Nick Fury is finally getting his due and he's having his own moment. I fucking love this, okay? This reminds me of like every movie that I watch all the time. My favorite kind of action movies uh, when they, you know, invade the White House or they got to go across the seas to help and, you know, this kind of shit. I love these kind of movies, okay? So I'm very excited about this show. It's nothing like the comics, but I told y'all that. I told you it wasn't going to be like the comics because, you know what? It might be like this new run. There's a new run of a Secret Invasion that's out. I haven't read that one. I have not yet. I'm, I've been reading the new... Uh, 
Scarlet Witch run. She's got a new comic out this year. I've been focusing on that, you know, enjoying that one. I haven't really, child, I think uh, uh, Wanda and Loki about to get down. I don't know what's going on, but that's their business, child. Y'all know they just married Emma Frost and <laughs> Tony Stark in the comics, so anything is possible. Anything is possible? Anything is possible. Whew, it's nothing like the comics. You know, obviously, y'all have seen Across the Spider-Verse, I'm hoping. If you haven't, best, ooh, do I say best movie of the year? Maybe best, best movie of the year. I'm going to say it. Fuck it. Best movie of the year. Across the Spider-Verse is just brilliant, amazing. I can't wait for Beyond the Spider-Verse. Just everything in a handbasket. Love it so much. But in that movie, y'all met a version of Jessica Drew. Now, Jessica Drew was like one of the, the driving forces in the, uh, the Secret Invasion comics. So without her, you can't nearly tell like the kind of story that you would in the comics. But even then, I'm kind of glad because we needed more like grounded stuff the uh the crossover event had like all of the heroes in it so like it wouldn't it, there's no way it could have been grounded it's all of the heroes and that kind of stuff so you know the child they got everybody from kazaa they got spider-man in there luke cage uh uh hawkeye he ain't even hawkeye he ronin during that time uh shana big boot ass up in there it's a lot of people in there that you know it would have been too much so i'm glad they went a different route I hope that we get the influx of superheroes, you know, towards the, the Kang dynasty, towards the Secret Wars type of, you know, MCU. So I'm ready for all of that, though. I'm happy for it all. This, ep I mean, this premiere episode was next to, I mean, it was, it was near perfect for me. I, I fucking loved it. I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of ten just because... I wanted way more. I wanted it to be like three hours because I was really enjoying this. It was a nine to be honest. I just really loved it. I hate, you know, I barely ever rate anything a 10. It's got to be like Spider-Verse to be a 10, but it was great. I loved it. I'm going to rewatch it again. I've seen it twice now. I'm going to rewatch it. God knows how many more times and I'm excited for it. Y'all, I'll be back same time next week with another episode. We were talking about episode two. You know, I try to do a 24 hour turnaround with these episodes. So I will be back to talk episode two. In the meantime, later on this week, you know you're going to get you some Love Island content, so stick around for that. Y'all, I've been Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Oh, wow! You sat through that entire episode? Well, aren't you special? You deserve a treat. Why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast at realitycomics2. That's T-O-O. Reality and Comics 2 is a Cloud 10 and iHeartMedia podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.